What's going on with the tax filings of congressional candidate and San Diego City Council President Georgette Gomez? During a review of her tax filings, Gomez reported no salary on her federal taxes in 2017, despite earning more than $90,000 from her job on the council. Through a spokeswoman, Gomez blamed the errors on her tax preparer and pledged to amend at least one of her returns. What does this mean for the upcoming election, where she faces fellow Democrat Sarah Jacobs for the 53rd District Congressional seat? For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Nina Guerin, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Hello, Andrew Dyer. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. So you are a reporter at the San Diego Union-Tribune, and you're covering the 53rd Congressional District race. Can you start by explaining what is going on? Well, um, the race is, um, for the general election, it's between two Democrats. They're they're trying to re- replace um, retiring Congresswoman Susan Davis, who's held the seat for 20 years since back when it was the, the 49th district. Um, it used to be more coastal. Now it's moved inland a bit. And um, uh, it's going to be, you know, the first time they've had a new representative in, in Congress in, in quite a while. Um, uh, both the candidates are Democrats. They're both women. They um, are both very progressive. And, um, you know, this was a pretty crowded field early on um, when Susan Davis announced her retirement. But, um, yeah, coming out of the primary, uh, Sarah Jacobs, Georgette Gomez um, were the, the last two standing. And so what is happening with these tax filings? Uh, maybe explain it for people who might not be very familiar with how all that works. So one thing that is a challenge in in the top two system, right? Um, a lot of voters, when they go to vote, you know, maybe they know a lot about the presidential race. But they're not always as informed down down the ballot. So a lot of people just vote for their the party that they uh, that they support. But whenever it's two Democrats, um, it becomes a little more difficult and um, it's difficult for the candidates to separate themselves from one another because um, it, it, in this case as well, they actually agree on, on quite a lot. So um, one of the tactics from the Gomez campaign is to emphasize her, her background, her working class background, um, you know, coming up as a community organizer, um, working with under privileged communities and working in environmental justice um, to really kind of distinguish herself from her opponent, Sarah Jacobs, uh, the granddaughter of a billionaire uh, co-founder of of Qualcomm, Erwin Jacobs. And, um, you know, she's obviously getting a lot of financial support. She has a lot of money herself. Um, Her grandparents did set up a a PAC to, to, um, you know, they're not supposed to coordinate with a campaign, but you know, the PAC exists to support Sarah. So um, that's one of the kind of the wedges that Gomez, you know, looked to emphasize was, hey, I'm working class. I'm a normal person. I come from, you know, uh, this, this, I come from this community. And um, it, part of that, you know, uh, she released her, her tax returns and kind of um, through the gauntlet and told and challenged Sarah to release release her turn her returns as well, um, so 
that's how that's how her returns got into out to the public was um, she released them in, in order to challenge um, her opponent to do the same. And so she um, reported zero as her income for 2017. What's that all about? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I thought I was, you know, going a little crazy when I looked at the return because I thought, you know, this this can't be right. You know, um, she obviously was served on the city council for that entire year. She drew a salary from the city. And um, that block was blank on, on her tax return. And, you know, I thought, oh, come on, there's no way that she didn't report her salary. You know, sorry, we stopped her campaign. Um, you know, but that omission led me to uh, look at other parts of, of her return. And um, there were other things in there that also didn't quite make sense or I couldn't, I couldn't figure out um, why she was claiming certain uh, tax credits or certain deductions that um, I, I didn't really know if she qualified for them. Um, but, uh, you know, her cam campaign got back to me and they were like, uh, yes, uh, there was an error. Um, this was uh, an accounting error from her, from her accountant. We're going to file an amended return and um, and pay the the outstanding tax, um, which uh, she released the amended return late late last night. Okay, and then this was blamed on her tax preparer. Is that correct? That's what she says. Um, so, you know the, the 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 thing that's most obvious is the, that twenty seventeen income, and that's that's what um, she admitted was the error and that they're going to fix. Um, her campaign also acknowledged that she didn't qualify for a, an education credit that she took. Um, she she, she uh, took credit in, in 2017 for being a, a student at a, a holistic college. Um, when I when I Googled the college, it, it was in Singapore and, and not in San Diego, but there is one with a kind of similar name in San Diego, but the identification number she used on her returns you know, it, it didn't match either college. When I Googled it, the only result I got was her published tax return. Um, so her, her campaign did, you know, they admitted that that was an error. Um, other things, so congressional candidates have to file with, with Congress uh, as a candidate for federal office, um, their, their income and, and other income. When I looked at that, it, it also didn't jive with her, her returns, with the reported income on the returns. Now, I'm I'm not a, an accountant nor a tax attorney. I, I did take these returns to, to two tax attorneys to have them look over them as well and, and say, hey, I don't know what I'm looking at, but this doesn't look quite right. And um, they they agreed. So usually when we talk about tax returns, it's with the presidential race. Why is it important for a, con a congressional race? You know, I think that... I don't know. I don't know how important it is, right? Um, but when you talk about the basics, right? Um, you know, we are all taxpayers. We all, all of us, have to do this. You know, from from a sixteen year old working at, at McDonald's to you know a a, a billionaire heiress uh, granddaughter. You know, everybody has to file their taxes every year. So I think it's something that that people recognize and. You know, we all do it ourselves, and I think most of us um, 
you know, we stress out about it. We, we, we either, we pay for a tax repair, we pay for a, a website that, you know, charges us quite a lot to, to do quite a little. Um, and it's something we can all relate to. And so um, I think most of us try to get it right. And, and um, you know, this is a source of a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. So when we see somebody, a, a public official, you know, they are held to higher standards, um, have uh, such a kind of a, a brazen omission or um, things on those filings that um, suggest maybe they're not as careful as they should be that in the best case scenario and, and at worst, um, and I don't know that any of this was intentional, but, you know, that's kind of where you go. Like, was any of this intentional? You know, it raises other questions about um, people's integrity and um, Republican or Democrat. You know, integrity is something that we all, I think, agree is important in in our representatives. And I think that's why it resonates with people. Um, I think it's unusual for tax returns to be an issue in a congressional race. It's not, um, like you said, usually it's a presidential issue and, and it's been common in, in the president in presidential races. But um, the irony here is that Gomez herself is the one who decided to make it an issue. Um, and for the returns she published to be so full of errors and, and questions, um, I think raises very reasonable questions about um, her uh, candidacy for office. So how can she correct this? Where does she go from here? Well, you, you file an amended return um, and you uh, make sure that your numbers make sense and that they're accurate and it's a true and accurate reporting of your income and that you've, um, you know, your your job provides you with the documents. You know, um, I, I think they make it fairly easy. You get a W-2 you have a number in one box and you got to put it in another box and you, you know, you, you just do it right. Um, does this affect her position as city council president? No. Um, you know, when she decided to run for Congress, uh, she chose not to run for reelection to city council. Um, and I actually asked her about this last week and, and, and she said, you know, she's running, She's not running for the title. She's not running. She's not trying to get power. She really wants to serve her community. And um, so when she decided to run for Congress, she she was all in on it. And, um, you know, as as such, she's going going to be off the city council, win or lose in this race. So um, her time, at least for now, on, on city council is coming to an end. Okay. And then we mentioned that the whole point was to have maybe – a look at Sarah Jacobs's tax filings. She did release hers, correct? She did. And hers are interesting too. Um, not for the same reason though. Uh, I think for a lot of people who don't um, make millions of dollars a year, it, it reading somebody's taxes that with those numbers in there, um, it's a little, it's a little jarring. Um, a lot, most of Sarah's, Sarah Jacobs income comes from capital gains. Um, she sold off a lot of stock last year. Um, and yeah, she, she makes, you know, I think two, two million one year, four million another year, uh, 7 million last year. Um, and then she turns around and she pays a lot of tax as well. Um, more than $3 million in income tax, um, and capital gains tax over the last three years. Um, I have not been able to do, uh, the type of review that, uh, 
Georgette Gomez got um, one thing. Georgette Gomez's taxes um, have been out there for a few weeks. Um, they're also simpler than um, Sarah Jacobs taxes. But, you know, we're going to look at those uh, a little closer as well. And um, if anything jumps out, we'll be reporting on that, too. Okay. I think a lot of the issues about um, the questions about Jacobs finances are a little more external than her, her income tax returns. She has been criticized uh, because, for one, she's been able to self-fund. Um, you know, her, her grandparents did set up the PAC. So I think there's some more things on, on that side of the financial realm than just her, her tax returns. Yeah. And then um, for people who might not be clear, can you tell us a little bit about the 53rd district and where that covers? Sure. So the 53rd, it's kind of the, the core area in San Diego around Balboa Park. Um, it kind of straddles Interstate 8 heading east um, and then goes south. Um, parts of like Lemon Grove and, and, and Spring Valley and uh, eastern Chula Vista, um, everywhere east of the 805. Okay. It's a pretty big, big area. Mm -hmm. um, how is it doing? What are the polls saying about how close or not this race is? So this race, uh, the UT, we did a poll with with uh, Ten News um, a couple weeks ago, and it showed Sarah, Sarah Jacobs with a, a double digit lead over Georgette Gomez. Um, but there are just as many undecided voters in the district as there are supporters of Sarah Jacobs. So there are a lot of undecideds up for grabs. Um, with two Democrats in the race, you have a lot of uh, kind of disaffected Republican or independent, more conservative voters who are probably looking, uh, trying to decide which Democrat. If they got to vote for a Democrat, they they got to figure out which one. Um, so there are a lot of undecideds and, and voters up for grabs. And um, I think they'll be, you know, obviously targets of, of both candidates uh, heading towards the general. Okay, well, Andrew Dyer, thank you so much for being on San Diego News Fix today. No problem. Thank you for having me. San Diego News Fix is a production of the San Diego Union Tribune. Our team includes Daniel Wheaton and myself, Nina Guerin. This podcast's editor is Digital Creative Director Beto Alvarez. If you want to join in on our recordings, like the Union Tribune on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, and you'll see us when we go live in the afternoons. Feel free to ask questions by commenting, and we'll work them into the conversation live. San Diego News Fix is made possible by subscribers to the San Diego Union Tribune. As we live through this momentous time in history, the truth and facts matter. If you are not yet a subscriber, please go to San Diego Union Tribune.com slash subscribe. Until next time.